is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. Does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Hi everybody, I'm Charlie. You may know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, And today we're talking about prayer, living temples of God. Prayer is probably one of the most misunderstood things that I talk to people about. And it's because they have often been taught that prayer is just the words that they say. They're magic words. Prayer in a lot of pop American Christianity has become a magic spell that can work wonders. So if you say just the right words at just the right time and just the right season, when just the right amount of holiness is welled up in you, and all the stars have aligned, and you say those words, magic happens. That's not, that's not prayer. I mean, you could call it a prayer, but that's not what we're talking about when we talk about prayer. To others, prayer is a very solemn occasion. We sit down, and in reverence of all that is most holy, we pray... Yeah, sometimes that's prayer. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is our communion with God. Our communion with the creator of the cosmos. Prayer is how we communicate with God. It's that simple. Prayer could be a formal prayer. I, I pray the rosary. I often pray litanies, novenas. I do that. I pray in service. I intercede on behalf of others when they ask me to pray for them, or sometimes when they don't, because <laughs> I feel that they need prayer. Those are all aspects of prayer. But prayer is so much more than that. So what is prayer? Well, I think one of the things that hits people hard when they first start studying creation spirituality is this emphasis on 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you know, don't you know that you are a temple of God and that God's spirit lives in you. Very direct question from Paul. And this is in the context of Paul basically saying how important we are to God, not like in the grand scheme of things, but that God loves us and that any that harm the children of God are destroying one of his temples and God is not happy when his temples are destroyed. So we shouldn't destroy people ever it's one of the 
many thou shalt not kills in the Bible. But this is an important lesson for us to take away. You are a living temple of God, and God's Spirit lives within you. If you have accepted the gospel, if you have said the prayers, if you have given your heart to God, if you have merely turned from the wrong path of selfishness and self-absorption towards living in the presence of God, doing what is asked of us, that we love kindness, do justice, and walk humbly before our God, that we do unto others as we would have them do unto you, and not do unto others as we would not have them do unto us. You've begun living the presence of God. And that's a very powerful step. Now, people are going to come after me and say, well, what if you're of a different faith? I would never say that someone is excluded because of their faith. The light of God shines on all men, we're told in the scriptures, and all can see it. Siddhartha Gautama saw the light, and he taught people to do unto others as they would have them do unto themselves, to be compassionate, to be just, and to be humble. Yeah, he got the message. You know, I am an old school Christian. I believe that the seven laws of Noah are all that's required for someone to be in good standing with God. We don't always live up to them, but we try. God, Christ died once and for all, all, not for some. Though some will lose their way and some will be lost. Though I do like to think that in the great end of things, far fewer will have gone astray than we thought. I really want to believe that. But I'm talking specifically to you. You are a temple of God. Regardless of whether or not you're a Christian, if you're a Jew or anything, you are a temple of God. And if you are seeking righteousness, if you are tasting to see that the Lord is good, if you are practicing mindfulness, if you are striving for perfection and the reconciliation of the world, if you have love in your heart, the Apostle John tells us that God is love and those without God cannot love. This is a very simple syllogism going the other way. If you have ever experienced love, love for your family, love for your children, love for a friend, love for another person, love for your pets, even love for your car, then you have experienced God and God is with you. You are a temple of God. And God's spirit lives in you. If you exist, this is true. God is the one in whom we live, move, and have our being, as Paul tells us in Acts 17. You are a living temple of God. And as a living temple of God, everything that you do, everything that you do is prayer. Every action that you take is prayer. 
every action that you take, you take in the temple. In 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, the Apostle Peter tells us, But you are an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may show forth the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For in time past were no people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We didn't used to be a people. We didn't used to be the children of Zion. We did not used to live in the kingdom of God, in Zion itself. Now we do. We have been called together as an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, in service of Zion, in service of the reconciliation of the world to God's holy kingdom. We once weren't a people, we are now a people. And all of our actions that we take, we take not only in Zion, but in that temple which we are as the priests of that temple. So what does that mean? How do you actually live this way? Because some people give in to pietism at this point, and that's just sad. Pietism is highly moralistic, and you start questioning everything, and you start restricting your diet and restricting how many words you can say a day and what you can say and who you can even speak to, who you can be seen around, because, oh, don't you know, puff out that chest, you're holier than thou. No, 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 no. That is not the way you do this. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. And I recommend these three verses you memorize. I have to warn you, though, there are a lot to memorize. Verse 16, rejoice always. Got that? Rejoice always. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Okay, you got that? Verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ toward you. Okay, that one's a bit longer. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus towards you. This simple formula, which is the heart of prayer. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. This sounds hard. There is a Jewish practice that I have taken on with this. Um, it's called brachat. It's called blessings. And so you challenge yourself to say a hundred blessings a day. And they all follow a simple formula. And there are actually books you can buy of brachat, of blessings, 
that will help you with words if words are not something that come easy to you. But I, I like to do them extemporaneously. So they always begin, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, who... And then whatever's going on. So if you're about to eat, blessed are you, O Lord, O God, who provided this meal for us to eat. Blessed are you, O God, who created the world in which such delicious food is grown. Blessed are you, O God, who inspired the farmer to make, to grow such wonderful food. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, who inspired the chef to put together this meal. Blessed are you, O God, for the joy of companionship as we sit together at this table to have this meal. See, there are a lot that you can say just in one situation. You don't have to say all of them. And it's kind of a joke that you say a hundred. Some um, tracks on this that I've read actually say you try to say a thousand blessings a day. And it becomes a challenge. Everything that happens, even the bad news. And this is something that has helped me out a lot in my life. When somebody delivers bad news to me, blessed are you, O Lord, who gave me the gift of hearing. Because even in the worst news that you could get, there's at least one blessing, and that is you could hear it. <laughs> it may not be a comfort, but it does help the emotional impact of whatever happened. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gives us the gift of sight. Rejoice always. And once you start practicing seeing this, it becomes easier. It's something that takes some time to get yourself there, but you'll notice it changes the way you experience your life. It's time to drive to work in the morning. Blessed are you, O Lord, who inspired the car to be invented so I don't have to walk to work today. You get to your job. Blessed are you, O Lord, who provided me with a job so that I can provide for myself and my family. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Try it. You, you will find that it really does change the way that you live pray without ceasing oh that one's hard that one is really hard there's been a lot written about this and the best advice that i can give you is that this is what the practice of garushin is for garushin which is a practice we will talk about a lot more in another episode is the practice of repetition um, this is a practice that was prof practiced by the prophets um, who were, I love the way the Hebrew puts it, it would say that they often chirped like birds. They twittered like birds. They chirped like birds. And it's because they said their prayers over and over and over again. You know. The Lord creates a pure heart in me. And they'd say it over and over again, but you know, left Elohim, left Elohim. They chirped like birds. And in our meditation, Gurushin is very powerful for helping us to calm our mind and enter into a proper state. 
One of the things that you'll notice when you start practicing Garushan is those prayers, those little short prayers, just start playing in the back of your mind sometimes. You know? I know myself very often, especially in hard times when something bad is happening, in the back of my mind I'll just hear very quietly, Ave Maria, Mater Misericordiae. Ave Maria, Mater Misericordiae. And that's a Latin prayer. It means Hail Mary, Mother of Mercy. And it actually means so much more than that in Latin because Misericordiae means broken heart. Pained heart. That's the word for mercy. And I find that just wells up inside me because I stored it there in my times of mindfulness. Mindfulness is a very powerful way to pray unceasingly. Keeping yourself mindful, keeping yourself in the present moment, realizing everything as it is, as it is happening, is a powerful tool for prayer. And lastly, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus towards you. In everything, give thanks. Mm. And this may sound like rejoice always. And it's similar. But this is about gratitude. Gratitude is an attitude as much as it is an action. When I was talking earlier about saying the blessings, blessed are you, O Lord, who gives us the gift of hearing. Part of that is rejoicing. I am rejoicing that I have this wonderful gift to hear. But without thanksgiving, which is this, another aspect of this, where I actually, I don't just say the words, but I feel the gratitude. Because I do, I'm very grateful that I have sight that I can hear, that I have mobility, that the birds sing so beautifully. That's gratefully. In everything, give thanks. Imagine trying to do that in your daily life and how improved your life would be. This is something that I struggle with. I am genetically predisposed to complain about things. I'm genetically predisposed to see the bad side of things. And this is how I fight that. By learning to be thankful, to rejoice always and to be thankful. Whether it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, having gratitude is powerful. And like I said, you're not grateful for the bad thing, but you find something in that moment to be grateful for. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gives us the gift of hearing. At least I have that. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gives me the cute little puppy dog who's laying beside me right now, listening to every word that I say as I'm recording this. There's something to be thankful for. Even when you don't think that there is. And when you don't think that there is, that's the most important time for you to dig down deep and find something to be grateful for. Because I can tell you from experience, once you get down in that pit, if you don't start pulling yourself out, 
If you don't start reaching up and trying to find the light to get you out of that darkness, that darkness will start smothering you. You have to find a way out. You have to find a way to be strong. And that's prayer. This is what prayer is. Yes, intercessory prayer is a thing. You pray for those in need. You pray for those who need you. Meta practice is prayer. Sending out good intentions and love towards others. That's prayer. Living mindfully is prayer. Carefully managing how you react to the situations of your life is prayer. So as we continue and we start talking about prayer and practice and all of the things that go into creation spirituality, bear these things in mind. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. It may not be easy at first, but I promise it will be. And you will see it change your life. You will see it give you strength and energy and vitality. The world will start looking like a different place. And all you have to do is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, give thanks. Thank you for listening. I hope this helped you. This is one of those messages that helped me a lot. I read it for the first time in Matthew Fox's book, Prayer, where he goes into a lot more detail than I did here. I highly recommend that you check out that book if you can. If we've been helpful, please help us by sharing the word. Spread the word about us. Link us in your favorite social networking app. Tell your friends. Let everybody know that we're here. If you'd like to contact me, you can contact me. I'm Wisdom Cries Out on Twitter. And if you want to contact me in other ways, just head over to the website at wisdomscry.com. There you'll find a link to our Facebook page and everything else that we do. And hopefully we can keep helping you. Because that's what I'm here for. If you have any questions, just click on the podcast page. You'll see right there and Ask Me Anything link where you can just click, submit, and right there... Get in touch with me. Look forward to talking to you next time. Until then, God bless.